Nice. That one's going as well. That one's going as well. You know the deal. I do. I do indeed know the dealio. I'm going to put this on airplane mode because it kept buzzing last time. Oh, that's just a point. Mine's on loud. It's never done it before. And then I did a podcast with Jim Sim recently. And I looked at the audio and it was full of mobile hiss. Which Yay. was ironic because Jim's a sound artist. So now I, I just that. assumed it was maybe Jim. Like... Thanks, but welcome to the podcast. Hello again. Yay. But you're in my house this time. I am. We're sat on different sides. We are. You I nearly do. always sit this side near the window. Unless I'm not in my own house. But I always sit this side because I like being near the window in my own house. That's strange though because I'd like to look out the window. I mean, I don't me, know I if you've looked out the window or not, but... Yeah, I'm just nosy. It's a bit... Um, it's not very interesting. There's a gate, there's a handmade gate that's falling apart, but other than that, you cannot see, other than just the abyss of where I throw all my things that I don't really want to look at. That's what I call my mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're in Norwich, for anybody who were previously in Lincoln. Yes, because I did not move been, here. You've been back here how long now? Two years, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, you you, you moved. You came and did the podcast. Excuse me. And then you were talking about moving. Yes. And then you moved. Yes, that is correct. So I ended up, so after uni, Mm -hmm. um, I moved back in with my parents. I forgot you were in uni. Yeah, I know. It seems so long ago. I forget that I went to uni (laughs) quite often. In fact, when I was was, like sorting out my stuff to like bring here and that, I found a load of my old uni work and I was like, wow, I remember doing that. Why did I do that? <laughs> um, I don't think so that's so much, so much of uni work. That's college work for me. I still have that I've as well. I've most of that. That painting is um, actually part of my old like A-level work. Well, that's a nice painting, though. Yeah, that's why I didn't go and skip. Yeah. It's, it's not like an angsty self-portrait like my college work. <laughs> no, there are those. They're just not on the walls of this house. Some terrible work. <laughs> anyway, carry um, Yeah, so I moved back in with my parents uh, for half a year. Then moved in uh, into with someone else mm-hmm. just until I got myself on my feet because uh, I got a job. I've been I've been at my new job for a year now, so it's okay. not really a new job. No. Um, it's not quite new. A year is not that long, as we're finding out. Yeah, this, 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 <laughs> this, this, this is true. Um, so. Yeah, because I, ha- I don't drive, so I had yeah. to be able to go um, to and from the city. Um, and, like, the buses from the tiny village where my parents are, they're literally twice a day. Right. And it didn't go well with the shift pattern that I needed. So, um, yeah, I was like, well, I'll just move then, because that's obviously cheaper than mm. learning to drive. You know, lots of sense was made. Yes. And... Um, yeah, and when I when I could, I ended up moving into my own place, and this is said place. That's a busy two and a half years. Yeah, it's mad. You finally slowed down. No, got a, got a regular job. Absolutely into not a house. slowed down at all. <laughs> got a cat. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've had the cat for a while, um, but she, and she's very adapted very well. Almost to institutionalized. Like, Pretty much, you, yeah. You stopped. But yeah, it's weird. So like yeah. now that I have this regular steady job. 
with this steady nice income and, and a place that I'm going to be living in for more than a more than six months because that's yeah, my usual that yeah. every time I move is about half a year um I decided to launch a website and get back stuck into my art again and just decided that you know what I can do two really full-time things at once yeah that's normal that's good so I was trying to I mean we, we just chatted about I say we chatted it was like two sentences um, we can alleviate, and the, the audience doesn't know that not much has gone on behind talking in these microphones. They can hear us now, but that's the point. <laughs> when we, when you last came, obviously I'd seen you perform music, mm. and I didn't know anything about your painting and all your extra bits because I'd seen you perform at Witter and mm. uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think I introduced you as a musician. Yeah. But now... But now you're... No, I don't you, have very little to do with music nowadays. You classified as painter or are you classified as general artist? <laughs> well, what would, would we say before? It was just like... Just... Nuisance? Yeah, just, just <laughs> yeah. too busy for my own good. Um, just creative yeah. in general. I would just go with like creative. General creative. Any, yeah, anything that I can try and have a go at, I'll have a go. But nowadays it's more... I will actually not start projects I know either I can't finish. Whereas before I'd just like have lots of little things that I'd be doing and they'd mm. all be unfinished. Whereas now I'm like, oh, hello, I I, I actually do commissions yes. and I actually make this project. Oh, this Christmas I want to paint Ian Beale's face as Scrooge. So I will be doing that. That's a reference I haven't heard in a while. Well, Ian Beale. Yeah. That's, I want to say Coronation Street, but I don't know if that's right. I think it's EastEnders. It could be EastEnders. <laughs> it's all the same. It could be Emmerdale, apart from the fact it doesn't take place on a farm. Yeah. But um, so now, now I actually have structure to my creative yeah. madness. Like, well, she says, and there's literally paintings all around out out of view. That's still structure, though. That's it's working towards something. You still have a table, which, I... ha- which hasn't got stuff on it. So I mean, it is it is still at least segregated. I've only had this table for about two weeks and I've That's lived here weeks. for over two, two months. Clean. <laughs> <laughs> so, literally, like, there's a rug on the floor right now. Yeah. I used to just sit on the rug and when people came over, I was just like, oh, welcome to my dining room. I mean, it's a nice Let's room. sit on the floor. It brings the room together. <laughs> I, um, I, I, I was talking to a friend of mine, Jen Darby, because um, we were discussing that whole idea of creatives and different ways creatives work. Um, and how some systems work for some creators and some don't. So she sees the work I do is quite formulaic because I'm have a reg- like you regular job, mm. and then I still fill the rest of my time with creative stuff. So mm. even though it's creative and chaos and all that kind of stuff, there's still a structure to it. It's like you have a work yeah. life and you have a creative. It's life. like you have your own sort of internal timetable. Yeah, We're, even if you don't want to, it's just is there mm. because you naturally created it. Whereas some people. Um, let it essentially run their life yeah and then lose tether of it but they're I happy to do that yeah i would not under like i tried obviously a couple yeah. of years ago that's how that's how i was in and i realized that for well for my creative output and well my mental health as well like yeah. that just wasn't um working for me yeah. uh, i think that's sort of why i didn't do as well at uni as i'd like to have because like I had all these other things that I wanted to do that I had far more interest in and I ended up doing sort of neither. Yeah. I kind of wish I'd done that at uni. Yeah? My, well, my uni, I approached uni the same way I approached senior school. I go in, 
I get a brief and then I twist the brief to be able to do just what I wanted to do anyway. That's fair though. And then I didn't really do anything outside of that. Uh. Like I did shorts with my friend Matt, um, who's been on the podcast this year actually. He's huh. trapped down in London. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we kind of did like little bits like that, but I didn't really let it take it because I was still very from the mind point, oh, the mind point, the point of view. Um, you even. It's cool. Of got to make money from it mm. at the end of it. I'd gone it. I mean, that's the only reason I went to uni was to get the degree to make money, which is quite different to how I run my life now because I just give work away. That's backwards. It's not really work then, though, is it? I don't see it as work, but then I still can charge for it. I mean, I do charge for it, but I just give stuff away. Friend uh, Lisa, who was recently on the podcast, uh, she'd ordered potato pee. Mm. So she ordered three Got copies. Got my copy upstairs. I should do. Everybody, everybody should have a copy. Um. Product placement. <laughs> Is it product placement, though, when it's your own show? I don't know. I guess I feel like YouTubers do a lot of it, and I class that as product placement. Yeah, but the platform is YouTube and not theirs. Maybe. I guess this is my platform, but it's going on YouTube. Anyway. It's not a sponsor. <laughs> I should sponsor. Why do I sponsor my own products? That doesn't make any sense. No, it anyway, doesn't. Um, so she had three copies. So she ordered three copies, mm-hmm. and I sent a six. I don't remember sending a six, but I Did sent Did you send six. two separate parcels of three? No, I just sent six. Right. In one big parcel. And then when she told me about it and offered to pay for it, I said, no, don't worry about it. Just have Just it. Just have it. You've got three copies now. Give them to people. Pass it forward. Yeah. I like forward. that. Yeah. Unintentional I... passing it forward. Yeah. You just got to fight through it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't I think we're well established that I don't know how to advertise my own work anyway. No. I mean, Not at all. I mean, you get commissions and stuff. How do you do yours? How it's do literally word of mouth. So I yeah. tend to get commissions um, from the same people that I sell prints to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I have a very small buyer base, I suppose. Um, I also put my work up in, like, local cafes and restaurants. Um, although, recently, one has gone missing. Yeah, I saw a post about that. That's, like, um, how do you lose a painting? Mm, mm. They shall rena- re- remain nameless, and um, we are sorting it out. Sorry. When I say we're sorting it out, I mean, I'm constantly messaging them until they reply. Um, but I it's mean, a, it's technically, a, it's theft. Technically, it is theft. They're a limited company, so... Get paid. Um <laughs> Anyway, anyway, um, but it is a local place, and I can literally just wander in. Yeah. Um, it's like, so I only, I only lend out places to that I can walk to or get a taxi to. Makes sense. Um, there's a little cafe that hopefully I'll be setting something up in soon on Magdalen Street in Norwich. Nice. Uh, their name's their Ancestors Coffee, and um, I was just in there doodling, and then I noticed that they had stuff on the wall that was like local, mm-hmm. and um, I ended up trying helping the guy um, take photos for his Instagram because he was trying to do the thing in the photo and also right. take a photo of it. Yeah, and I was like, do you want me to take the pictures for you? Because it was really quiet in there. Yeah, yeah. And then he was like, yes, please, thank you. And then he was like, by the way, like what you're drawing. And I was like, thank you. And then I said about the stuff on the wall, he was like, oh, you should put your stuff in. And I was like, yeah. you know what, wonderful. Simple as It's as simple as that. I talk to strangers, that's yeah. pretty much how... Yeah, that's I mean, the benefit. Yeah, when you talk to strangers. Mm. Yeah, because like I, I mean, I used to be a very sort of shy individual, and 
I think we talked about that before, and then I yeah. went to Panto. Yeah. Well, from that, I'm just like, well, technically, like my mentality is technically, I never actually have to see these people ever again, so I might as well talk to them. If and then the anxiety in my head that's just like, what if you do this really stupid thing? And I'm like, well, if that happens, I just don't have to go in there. I don't think I don't like. So I come across potentially as confident in a lot of situations. I think it's because maybe because, um, like we you broadcast your internal thoughts. Maybe. I, like, being tall helps as well. Mm. It suggests confidence, despite most tall people being quite shy. Mm. Have um, noticed that. Yeah. Whereas, like, shorter people like myself, there's that little person syndrome. you got to shout up. Yeah. Whereas when you're big, you spend most of your time just crouching a little bit mm. and being told not to knock things off shelves. Mm. That's usually the way. But, yeah, I, I don't... I kind of... I don't approach strangers. Or I struggle to approach strangers. Unless there's a system in place which is something I found when traveling, was I can do any situation providing I know the rules to the situation. Oh, uh, I see. That so makes you go sense. to a restaurant. If there's a sign which says, wait to be seated, not a problem. You can do it. The sign says, wait to be seated. Because so then I'll if I'm wrong, thing. I have a sign mm. and it tells me I'm fine. Whereas if I go into a, like a coffee shop or somewhere and there's no indication of what to do, my brain just goes, well, we're not, we're not staying here. Unless I have someone with me, we're just not staying here. This is not. So well, I, I'm perfectly happy with be, with just asking, just being like, so do I come to the counter or do you come here right now? And especially with yeah. like, you know, that whole pandemic thing that's happening. It's it'd it's, be a shame not to mention that, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the current times. Um, but yeah, like I, I ask because I don't want to be in the wrong. Yeah. Um, I think the pandemic helped me in the sense of everywhere started producing instructions. Mm. Arrows on floors became. A- wonderful thing I in really shops. do like the spacing yes because that's something that I really don't like if someone's standing too close behind me yeah. I, I don't like it I can't see you don't like it mm. um, but and I, I will now say can you step back please yeah. if I feel uncomfortable um, the other thing weird about recent times is mm. you know, obviously masks everyone's got to have one or wear one yeah I had one before the pandemic struck because I like anonymity. Uh, I can't say it. Anonymity. Yes, that, that word. word. Yep. Anemone. Um, <laughs> Anemones. I like anemones. Um, so I really I like that. And I had the excuse of I walk up and down a main road every day to and from work. Right, yeah. So, and being like shorter and stuff, I was breathing in a lot of car fumes because yeah. I'd be walking backwards and forwards like during rush hour. Yep. So I got these cotton masks uh, with stupid little faces on them. Made people not walk near me because who does that? And now it's a normal thing. It is quite strange. Um, a friend of mine, again, Lisa, She so she's auto... I always want to say auto-asphyxiation, but it's not auto-asphyxiation. <laughs> autoimmune deficient or something along those lines. Um, so she always had loads of masks mm. just because of like cold season and, and bits and bobs like that. And then suddenly, yeah, she's just, uh, yeah, I already have like 20. Yeah. Like, What's oh. the thing? I bought a pack of five yeah. and now I, I, I got them for what, two quid, yeah. Amazon. And um, now I the exact same pack are like 25. And I'm like, three Ooh. all together at this point in time. Three masks. I have them littered everywhere. There's one. I tend to just use the same one over and over again. Though. That's not okay. That no. defeats the object of um. It is like wash I, your mask. If I go somewhere, well, no, wash I wash them. Your mask. I wash them, but it's like it tends to be the same one because it's like used it goes in the washer. By the time I need to go out again, that one's dry. Oh, <laughs> so it's just that's like okay then. Same one again. That's all right. I did have to repair it again the other day though. 
But then I went to try and buy a second one from the same shop, and this is the second time I've found this in the last two months. The shop's closed. Oh, well, that's a shame. Yeah, and it was like, it was on Etsy as well, and most of what they were selling was masks, so I couldn't quite understand it, because it was like I'd suddenly gone on, and they'd managed to sell all their stuff, and then just close their shop. Maybe it was like a side project for whoever really ran the Etsy shop, or because the market's very, very saturated, or tax tax evasion. That's what I'm going with. Okay, that would be way more fun. Yeah. As like a narrative yeah. to that happening. The same with this ring, though. Like, I went to buy another one of these rings and then I found out that they closed. I was like, that. No. Oh. I don't really wear lots of rings because um, I've got tiny, tiny fingers, so they slip off all the time. But I'm also, like, because I'm painting, I'm doing mm. things in there all the time. It's just impractical. I don't know why. I just suddenly decided to try and make myself wear this ring because I bought it ages ago. And then in the last, like, six months, I just started wearing it every day. I guess to the same. Force myself to, I don't know. I think the same probably happened with um, my necklace. So I wear a, I wear a Saint Christopher, mm. um, pretty much every day, and I feel weird if I don't. because yeah. I was just like, I want to have that about my person all the time now, That's and fair. now and yeah, it just becomes habitual. It does. It's strange. I don't know if we people make conscious decisions to do that. It's mm. like habit forming. Mm. Do you make a decision to form a habit? I wish Mostly. I could form like good habits, like oh, I'm gonna make my bed every morning, and that became habitual. That's a but, weird habit, though. But no, I'm just, just like you know, what? I need to wear this piece of metal yes. every day, otherwise I don't feel quite right. <laughs> it's, li- it's literally that is that is it that is the, yeah. that is the mentality. That's the truth of anything. I think it's kind of like the thing now, obviously, because we're all locked down. Well, not locked down, mm. tiered down <laughs> at the moment. For anybody watching this, we're both from tier two, so we're fine. <laughs> and it's distance. 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 Yeah, this table's what I mean to Yeah. Also, both live alone. So. Yes, and we both live alone. So, so we're in our own, own little bubbles. Um, the danger that, that you have, though, is because I still go to the office to work. Uh, but terrible. we do basically drink sanitizer as True. we go to and from. And yeah, I'm the only person on my whole desk where it's wonderful. And I can't infect the people I work with because we're all working from home. So we'll be okay. We did that for a bit and some of my colleagues still are doing that. Mm-hmm. But for me, it, because of like living on my own, I was just like going mad. Yeah. I ended up then locking down with my parents for a bit. Mm-hmm. And that was lovely to see them every day. I want to make that very, very clear. And I did enjoy my mother looking after me. Up until I had a, <laughs> up until I had a curfew, um, or if I had to, or unless I had to, yeah. no one has to go out during lockdown. But no. like when I popped out around the corner, I was like, "Where are you going? What time are you going to be back? What do yeah. you want for tea in three days' time?" Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I want for breakfast now. I, I, I couldn't. <laughs> like I like my parents. Don't get me wrong, but I couldn't live with them, and they know this. We go back for two days at Christmas usually, me and my brother, and both mm. of us, we we grin and bear it through those two days. Nice. We've lived alone too long. <laughs> We've lived away from family, not... Like, we don't even have curfews, and my mum's nice, and she'll say, yeah, no, take whatever you want from the fridge, and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But it's also, it's like, she cares too much in a way. Yeah. Because there's a, like, there's a level of, I don't want to be offered things, like, every ten yeah. minutes. Stop, I think that's just a, that's a very mum thing, though. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. When I was yeah. at my when I was at my desk, and my mum was like, "Do you want a coffee?" When I'm on the phone, I'm like, "Yes, please." 
and then she'd bring some biscuits and like I put on weight it was wonderful I, I struggled to do that but somehow I managed to put on half a stone and that was purely through my mother's love <laughs> Love weighs so much when it comes from people. The, the weight of her love was literally physical. Yeah. I feel like you can get that on like a nice little poster of the weight of love is about the same as a pack of biscuits. It's just whatever. That, that was is. more than one. Yeah. It's just my one packet a day, maybe. Mm. I do I do feel like the main main way people kinda of like made it through I say made it through was the like middle of it. We're allowed out now. Yeah, that's for now. nice. Yeah, um, it's just it's by forming habits. Like the amount of people I've spoken to who said they've given themselves a routine, mm. whereas that's something which I did naturally anyway. Even before lockdown, it was kind of like now I'm gonna, even if it was just I get I've got to get up by a certain time. Yeah, I work nights, so it's like I've got to get, I've got to be up by eleven. Because mm. if I'm in bed at one, that's a bad day. Yeah, because I wasted most of the day essentially. Um, but I feel like that escalated for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so, like, um, my shift pattern, it changes. Mm. So sometimes I'll be working 8 till 5. Sometimes I'll be working 11 till 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. And it's just... I think that's what threw me a little bit. Because I had my routine. But then I had to change that routine, yep. depending on what shift pattern I was on. And then that didn't line up with, you know, the rest of the world necessarily. Because places were closing early, like shops mm-hmm. and things. So if I was on late shift, unless I got up like really early, which isn't really a natural thing for me. Mm. I mean, it is kind of because like the cat screams at me until she's fed. Bless her. She's falling asleep now. Yeah, she's just chilling. Casually chilling. She's actually being quite quiet, which is unusual. Mm. Um, but yeah, unless I got up early, then I'd like to literally get food and things like that. Then. Yeah. It wasn't happening. And I, yeah, I have my own sort of structure of what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And like, I'll be like, I want to do this, that and the other today. But I won't set myself times necessarily because, yeah, yeah that's, well, as a creative, like you, you obviously, if you're not in the mood <clears throat> to do something creative, it's yeah. very difficult to make yourself do so. And, and your output will be considerably less or mm. the actual final product will just not be how we want it so i i like having that sort of balance between i will allow this bracket of time to be for this if i want mm. or if not i'll do this etc yeah I, I, I kind of thought of that as like a little hack the other day which i feel like a lot of people kind of forget because you see a lot of people especially through twitter and whatnot um, which I've gone weirdly into this year. I wasn't into Twitter, and then this year I uh, got really into Twitter, like just tweeting dumb, dumb shit, yeah. constantly. Um, little, I call them my little mind farts. Yeah, just, this, this, I, I want to put it out there into the void, but it's not worth verbally saying to someone. The amount of time I write a tweet though and delete a tweet, oh yeah, is quite high. Mm. So that if you follow me on Twitter, you're only getting about twenty percent of what I actually intend to post on Twitter. I think like last night I was just so I watched um, the American Tale with uh, Five All the Mouse. Have you seen the American no. Tale? Okay, so animated film, American mm-hmm. Tale about a small mouse from Russia and his family who moved to the U.S. And then in the second film they moved to the Wild West. Amazing! It's an amazing film. <laughs> they're both they're fantastic films, and it has some great songs and soundtracks in it. But my brain was just like, hang on a minute. They moved from Russia to New York in the 1800s. And then they move from New York 
to the Wild West, like in the next movie, and the kids don't really age. So they must have been in New York for like a week because a mouse only lives so long. <laughs> and my brother's just like, the people of the world need to know about this. So we're going to <laughs> I feel like someone needs to contradict they me. They move more than I do. It's like, they, could, they were in Russia and they must have traveled all the way from Russia to the US. I mean, That's back then, to... that in itself took yeah. what? It's got to take Half a year, a year, right? Yeah. A year. They get on a boat from Germany. I don't understand why they took a boat from Germany. Well, they can't swim, Graham. But Germany's landlocked. Oh, God. <laughs> well, they could have gone rivers exist. I suppose. Yeah. There was a lot of questions it was raising. I feel like that's now what I've used Twitter for, is to raise a lot of questions. Mm. Um, what does it say? I don't know why I mentioned Twitter. Back to the point. Can't remember. <laughs> but I've got into the habit of using Twitter. Um, oh, because you see a lot of people struggling with mental blocks. Mm. And like, oh, I'm struggling to create, especially during like pandemic and lockdown and everyone was kind of going on of, you know, how can I create under these conditions? Yeah, I found that lots <laughs> of people who aren't necessarily what they wouldn't refer to themselves as creative, trying mm. lots of new things like baking became massive. Mm. Like, especially around here, I don't know if it was the same up in Lincoln, but like shops wouldn't have any flour. Yeah, yeast, flour. Just gone. Would you? It's like, why, why are you doing this to me? And I just bought a bread maker. <laughs> Last year. It was my Christmas present to myself. I bought myself a bread maker. And then suddenly, <laughs> there was no flour anywhere. No bread for you. <sighs> so then I bought two bags to tide me over. <laughs> it, was, it was a bad hassle. But yeah, it, it just became this thing of people kind of struggling. And then people kept saying to me, you've managed to keep creating and I feel like there's a cheat which I use, which I didn't realize I was using it until like yesterday. Right. In that I don't create all the time. I just don't. Mm. But it looks like I do. Because when I create, I create enough content to last uh, the parts where I'm not creating. So you're like, get it all out in one hit. Yeah. It's like when that I create, I'm prolific. I make, you know, five drawings and I'll write some stuff and mm. I'll note some ideas down for it. Like podcasts, I'll record three at once. Mm. And then I won't do anything for a while because I won't have the mood or I won't be in the right mindset. I and then I just dribble it into the world. Yeah, no, I'm I'm very similar. Like yeah. I'll start a couple of different paintings mm-hmm. and yeah, upstairs is just, um, I've got a spare room which is just absolute, a, a bomb site of just paint everywhere. And there's like a spare bed kind of shoved in the corner, which is just used as a shelf and a drying rack. That's all the bed really is, really. Yeah. Shelf for people. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like Not quite I'll... a drying rack for people. But... <laughs> no. Don't dry yourself on a bed. <laughs> no. I don't think that would end well. Or you get a bad back from the cold. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um, but like I'll prime like lots of canvases at once. Mm. I'll do the base layers of a couple of different things. Or I'll... I'll, you'll see that I'll go to um, start a painting and then I'll be like, oh, I can't do this bit now because like, this layer needs to dry. Let me start making this thing instead that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, either that or I'll... like I find that when I'm being creative and I've got time to do so, I'll also go on a cleaning binge. Okay. So if like, I have to wait and like waste time, I'll then get the cleaning done because it's the same kind of like motivation, I find. It's the same part of me. Right. So, like, if I'm not necessarily in the mood to be creative, I'll find myself cleaning instead. That's interesting. I think that's just generally, like, if I have energy, though. Okay. It might be that. It could be that. Not sure. 
I use cleaning as a thing when I have no energy. See, nah, I would just leave it. Like when I'm... I do just leave it. When I'm completely kind of devoid and just kind of sitting and I'm not doing anything, I'll use cleaning to fill the gap because it feels like accomplishment, even though it's not really accomplishment. Mm. So like my bathroom gets cleaned when I'm depressed. All right. Because I'll be sad. And then I'll be like looking in the bathroom and be like, well, this bathroom's a shit hole. And that's not helping. Mm. So I'll fix the bathroom because it's easily fixed. Yeah. And then I'll leave it alone. And then every time I walk in the bathroom, I'm like, ah, I feel a little bit better. back. See, I wish I had that mentality. And could it, when, when, I'm, when I'm shutting down, basically, mm. I will do, I'll stay in bed. And that's something that, that again, that's something that I, when, when my days off in lockdown, when I didn't have anything to necessarily I had to do, I would stay in bed yeah. and I'd just be like, this is, resting is productive because I'm re-energizing. But realistically, that was just depression. Yeah. Still sometimes it's. Yeah. It's just the way that. Depression takes. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it's been good having that, like this house as a project to do, like painting yeah. the walls and the skirting boards and just lots of, there's lots of little things I can accomplish. Like even painting one bit of skirting board. I'm like, that's one little thing that's done. That's a nice little thing. Yes, even if it's painted really badly. I've just seen a bit over there and it's just <laughs> missed a massive a patch. In November, my grandson. Oh, don't lay down on my legs when my legs are open. <laughs> <laughs> she's, so she's very clumsy. She'll just I fall. So. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be painting a roof at my grand's in November. Um, and she was like, yeah, so we want to... It's white. And we, it needs painting white. And I was like, okay. So why does it need painting? It's like, because it's tarnished and you can see like bits. Mm. And she's a smoker. She's uh, just like, so oh, so it's a bit beige. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it because I'm a good grandson. Mm. You're going to have to point out bits I miss because you're asking me to look at off-white on white. Kind and I'm colorblind. Yes. So this is going to take longer than we expected. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, we're going to do the walls. And I was like, okay, do the walls, no problem. She's like, we're going to go beige. And I was like, currently, what color are they? She's like, they're beige. And I was like, okay. Or it wasn't beige, it was maroon. And I was like, that's basically just beret, beige. So, <laughs> so um, you're red-green colorblind. Am I I'm, remembering that? Yeah, so I'm kind of, well, I'm, I'm kind of between all of them. Okay. Which is nice, you know. Um, so it's, it's red blue, but then also green blue. Basically, just a, anything in between primary color I struggle. Fair. That's, that's the way it is. Fair enough. Turquoise is just blue. That kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, no. It's that kind of rule. <laughs> my partner is also partially colorblind. And the way he sort of described it was um, that everything in his imagination is like to try and sort of set it put it across to me because I'm I'm exactly the opposite I've got mm. Mears Erland so anything with a red light waves in it seems really 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 bright right um so he was like just desaturate your world okay that's an interesting way of thinking yeah. and anything especially that's orange and green um he'll get the two mixed up yeah so my front See, room... I classify as that that as proper colorblind whereas mine I don't classify as proper colorblind <laughs> Okay, but like my my front room, my front living room is um, like a dark green, mm. and he looked at it and it was and when when it was finished and he was just like he just peer, um, he was like I really like this color, like I really love red. Yeah, and I was like honey, that's yeah. not red, yeah. but thank you for trying. It was a nice thought. Yeah. yeah, mine's the way I describe mine is if you take any photograph and you reduce the contrast on it, 
you're getting a better uh, idea of what I'm seeing. Because it's like when you view a forest, people see 30 shades of green. Mm. I'm like, no, I'm seeing one shade of green. Oh, I see. And it's because one of them becomes dominant. Mm. And then everything else just gets wiped off. Fair enough. <laughs> Makes everything nice. And... So imagine, so for for my optic nerves, like mm. translating things, imagine you take anything that's red like this mug handle or mm. even the walls obviously this podcast is broadcast in black and white but this is bright orange um it's extremely bright to me so just up all your contrasts on absolutely mm. everything so that includes well white as well um so i struggle to read yeah um, unless there's like a blue tint over it mm. so i have to reduce the contrast of yeah. things if i want to be able to like pick out details yeah she's just chilling just chilling in the mail yeah. yeah that's interesting okay yeah but yeah, that's probably why my work's far more colourful. I was going to say, because your work's, I mean, even kind of glancing across, like, I love work like this, but I'm always very aware I'm not getting the whole picture. So with that <laughs> one in, in particular, mm-hmm. there's lots of literal neon colour paints that are in it. Yeah. And they're like the little tiny splatters that you can probably see that are lines of the twigs and things. Yeah. Lots of those are in neon orange um, or like a bright lilac or... No, there's even like gold and pink and that in there. But that was to like produce texture. Yeah. So I'll look at something and then I'll be able to pick out maybe colours that can't necessarily be seen. I don't know whether it's they can't be seen otherwise, but mm. I, I'll be able to hone in more. Like so white daisies with yellow middles, like that are just in that jar dying right now. They've got a lot of red in them and a lot of orange in the middles. Okay. Um kinda looks a bit brown, but when I go to paint it, I'll start with the base colours of, like, red yeah. for a white flower. So you kind of deconstruct the colour. Yeah. And then take it back to its primary purpose. Yeah, so when, I, um, when I'm doing portraits, mm-hmm. I'll start with, yeah, red, uh, yellow, and just start kind of doing that. And then, so my highlights I'll always do in yellow. My mid-tones I'll do in red. And then mm-hmm. all my shadows I'll do in blue. And then any, any colours in between, that helps just build up the layers of the paint and the face. Like I'll bring green around the eyes for when people have like if people have got dark circles they'll mm-hmm. look like they've been punched in the face in my paintings yeah. like straight up um, <laughs> or like uh, if, like pale people when yeah. you can see the veins in their face that'll be just bright purple yeah. but then I'll layer the tertiary colours over the top see that's what I can't do I can't layer that's, I, th- I think that's why when I because I, I paint very rarely like real rarely Mm. I was going to say, I don't think I've seen a painting of yours. Most people won't have seen a painting of mine. That's Like, I paint, and then I, know, I don't even show people those, those paintings. Those those are... They're not even for me. They're just... I don't even know why I'm painting. I'm just like, I'm just painting just today. Just getting it out there? I'm just, just making something. Getting but it when from, I, from your head onto a canvas? Yeah, but when I, when I paint, it tends to be very abstract. Because I can't control a paintbrush. I can control a pencil, but I can't control a paintbrush. We we just have different ways of being. The fact that I can't grip a nib and it just collapses between my fingers and this is not... I'd rather paint with my fingers and I get very sense. involved in mixed media with it. And, yeah, and I mean, I, I'm some and some. I really like um, just cutting up old credit cards and debit cards yeah. and um, just scraping the paint as well. I find that very satisfying. Yeah. Um, or s- sponges as yeah. well. Just like, especially when I'm in the sky, I'll do that very textured. Because yeah. I can't paint clouds, but I can paint the impression of clouds. Yeah. I like painting clouds. Yeah. Clouds are nice. But yeah, it's kind of, it's, when I make work, 
I come to the other side of it, and again, I'm very aware that if I've used colour, I'm not seeing what other people see of my work. The one thing that really frustrates me is that you can never, ever see through anyone else's eyes. Yeah. So, like, I can interpret what I see, and I can paint what I see with mm. these colours, maybe amplify them a bit. Yeah. But, yeah, but like, nobody else is actually going to see the painting how I see it. Mm. No one's going to be able to see the vibrance, no matter how much I try and throw in there. Yeah. But the same is, you know, you could be seeing something, you could be seeing that plant, and I won't be able to understand, like, because if, even if you try and replicate it for me, mm-hmm. that replication is still not going to be what you see because you see that replication differently. But that's why I love it. I love that. But I just want to be able to see all the things. It's it's like having a a wonderful secret. But I want to know the secrets. (laughs) I think this is what I find kind of like when... Because occasionally I kind of sit and think about the podcast and I'm like, why do I do the podcast? Is is the question I pose to myself. Because you want to. And it's mainly just because I want to. And I'm like... Because you can, because you want to. But at times I feel like I'm stating the obvious. And I'm like, okay... But what's obvious to me isn't obvious to everybody else. And that's the only reason I make it, in a way. It's okay. Like, essentially, all I'm doing is documenting my own thoughts and then conversations through the podcast. So when I put something out and I'm like, this seems really obvious and this this has been done. At the same time, I've sat there in my head and was like, yes, it has, but maybe not. It's not been. Else, yeah. It's not been done from your viewpoint. Yeah. Whereas, like my sketching and things, mm. that's um, it's, it's like I use that as documentation. Some people write diaries. Some people yeah. do podcasts. Um, where I'll just draw what's around me and I'll annotate the pictures sometimes with like what I can see, what I can smell, um, what I can hear as well. Um, you, do, you do a lot of that, don't you? You do mm. like a lot of environmental sketching. Yeah. And I, it's something I've never done. I'll. I don't know why. It's it's nice because I I enjoy my own company. Yeah. Hence living alone. Um, and if I'm going out somewhere, like, um, I mean, going out for coffee, mm-hmm. even in like even in this pandemic age, um, it's something that typically you don't do alone unless you've got a book mm-hmm. or you've got, in my case, a sketchbook. Like, if you see someone just sitting eating alone, it's, well, to me anyway, it seems bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe they're, oh, they must be on a business trip or something like that. Whereas, you know, to just sit and enjoy food and drink on your own isn't really just a thing, or at least mm. it's not in the UK. Yeah. So I'll take my sketchbook with me and then I'll just document what's around me as like a little pastime. Okay. Because obviously, other than the people like serving the food and drink, which mm. you say, yes, thanks, you know, please, thanks, and things like that too, you're not talking. Mm. So for me, that's talking to myself. I get that. I think that quite interesting as well, because I, I, like I, so during the pandemic, I got, I got, I think it was like six rolls of film developed okay. from doing various photography. And then I kind of looked through the photographs and I was like, I don't have a purpose for any of these mm. photographs. I and have I, that for most of the things that yeah. I own. I just have them because I do. It's just because I'm, t- I'm taking them. I'm just, all I've done mm. is actually just documented six months. I've not really done anything with them. I have no intention for them. Even now, they're just kind of there, mm. apart from doing a few Christmas cards and stuff. And I was just kind of like, yeah, this, it's literally just keeping myself occupied. But then to me, I use them as memory triggers because I have a lax memory when it comes to a lot of things. But if I can visualize it, it brings back all the other details. Mm. So I just like look at it and go, okay, what was this? Oh, yeah. And that was that day and it mm. can do this. And then I'll remember a bunch of junk about that day. Mm. So the little kind of like notes, but I know, like sketching has never been 
that kind of connection for me. See, it's always been more of a connection to the imagination. <laughs> I'll, I'll, if I'll sit down and sketch and then I'll go away and oh, I can't, can't show you because I'm getting lots of them framed. Because mm. like, when I'm in places, those places are like, oh, I really like that. We'll, yeah. we'll display it because it's our place. Um, but uh, I'll look at it and just be like, oh, hang on. You know, I remember sitting exactly here. I remember mm. hearing exactly these noises. I remember like what I could see, what I could smell when I was doing it because it's like ingraining that memory into the yeah. paper, I suppose. That's interesting. So like putting it... It's, 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 it's the crazy thing I think I find about that kind of visual medium is you have so much more data in the image than is actually visible. Mm. Especially like what I was saying with due to perspective and people's different life experiences and stuff like that. You can never tell how something is going to be interpreted. Mm. Well, that's that's true of all art, really. Yeah. Like... Um, like with some modern art, some people just don't get it. But a lot of the time it's the process and uh, the meaning and yeah. the emotive feeling of it, like with that. And someone can look at it and be like, what? Yeah. Because they don't have any connection with it whatsoever. But then the person doing it or the person that knows the background story or just happens to like be good at connecting with visual things, mm-hmm. they'll be like, oh yeah, this colour represents this. This makes me feel like this. And then they can set, they can stand and stare at it for yeah. like so long. I do worry about the amount of pandemic art which is coming. Yeah, it's, I feel like it's going to be a wave, and I feel like there's going to be just some disappointed artists because they won't get the reaction they want because everybody's experienced it. Yeah, like a lot of art is personal, mm-hmm. comes from personal experience, and is in, created in order to express your message. But, but everyone when has society has been through that message, it's like, oh, well, what do we do well, now? Well, it will it'll swing <laughs> one of two ways. It will be like, oh, everyone understands it and everyone can relate to it. Or it will be like, okay, cool, but what's different about that? Yeah. Which a lot of a lot of art, again, is like doing something different, putting your stamp on it. So mm-hmm. if it's not if it's not showing your stamp or your viewpoint on a particular thing, it will just be another piece. Yeah. I think I've made a, a conscious effort during this period not to make anything which is referential to it. That's okay. like that's become a real thing. Mm. Kind of like living in Lincoln. I don't make artwork about Lincoln as a standard. See, the amount of sketches I found, mm. I've got. I've, there was a, nearly an entire sketchbook just of the cathedral alone. I've taken when one photograph in. of the cathedral oh, in ten years, and that's I took crazy. it during lockdown. <laughs> That's, but you live there. Yeah, so I don't need to photograph it because it's there every day. I walk out my door and I look to the left and I'm like, cathedral, still standing, we're good. <laughs> if still I move there, out of LinkedIn, can't really be that yeah. bad. And it was the it was the one of the few places which was unaffected visually mm. by the pandemic because you go down the high street and I took I took a few photographs of the empty high street. And it was empty, so it was like, yeah, this is, you can tell, this happened 2020 during March till whenever we were closed off. But you went up to the cathedral and it's like, nope, still looks big and gothic-y. There's, like, a, there's a guy I know um, in Norwich who does lots of different creative things, musician, mm-hmm. photography, art and everything. And um, he did uh, sort of a photo series of just him. It was him documenting his life, but mm-hmm. um, he titled the um, thing Norwich Unlocks. And so it was just lots of, once we were able to go out, it was you know, the city unlocking again. Yeah. And it was also everyone's distanced. Uh, it was just people still thriving. Yeah. And 
like technically uh, like some people are very like oh photography has to be very like this and it has to be very technical but for him it was uh, well at least I interpret it as like him documenting what's going on around him and like that was great yeah give me something to do on my walks exactly that's why I did it but it's it's very I do find that I don't I don't create what I'm in I don't document what I'm in see I'm the opposite Hmm. everything around me is is do- well, it's, not everything is documented as such but like that's where my art comes from that's where mm. my inspiration comes from like i i often think that maybe it is to do with like um, i mean my mirrors erlen that i can notice tiny things so i'll get those tiny things and i'll amplify them for everyone else to see mm. even though it's something that is just very mundane day to day and you know norwich market Mm. Uh, which you'll see later. We'll go to it. It's it's known throughout the UK as being the biggest well outdoor market, or not necessarily the biggest. I don't know if that's factually correct, but one of the one of the best. It's correct now. It, it is it. now because I, I brought it into into being true because it's I said, said it. Um, biggest market in the UK. It might be an untruth. Um, Definitely bigger than the one in London. Yeah. <laughs> But um, like that's documented in so many different yeah. ways, um, and I'll do lots of different sketches and paintings mm. of that in different mediums and depending on time of year. But then there's yeah, Owen Mathers is a big Norwich artist around here. He does mm. uh, ink drawings and watercolors and things for lots of different local things. But that's his stamp on it. Yeah, and that's his way of showing how, what he sees through it it's quite... because he's much better at, like capturing the motion of what's going around as opposed to anything else. I was just trying to think whether it was kind of. Not a personality trait, because, we, I mean, essentially everyone uses art as an escapism. Mm. That's why we're all initially getting into art in any way, shape or form. And then, oh, unless you kind of just decide to make money from it. But um, I'm just kind of that whole idea of thinking about kind of zines and fairs and poetry and stuff like that. And I feel like there's a very, not clear, but solid gender line between the artists I've met who make work about the stuff around them and the artists who make work about stuff which isn't around them is that most of the men I meet don't focus on what's around them. Whereas most women I meet tend to make something quite personal and is usually connected to things which is just oh. around them, is, is, is things which are affecting them. And I, was, I don't know if that's like a, a personality thing or a gender thing or maybe both. Because then you, there is a lot I of... I don't know, I've, I've yeah. never, never thought of that before. Yeah. Just kind of mulling over as an idea. Maybe. Because when I think of... make for an interesting dissertation. I could. That's a podcast in itself. <laughs> That's a whole 30 minutes. And we just, oh, <laughs> I'm not allowed to go down gender lines again. <laughs> Last time I discussed gender, we got told off. Oh, so, dear. Well, it'll happen. <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's, it's a strange personality thing. Because like you say, like there is artists who do focus on cities and where they live i think new york's a great example of that mm. new york is um, tend to focus on new york yeah i well i went to new york mm. um just before lockdown actually i you did I, I did. i've just remembered this flew just back yeah. the day before the borders shut i was very lucky um lockdown, new york. it was a bit stressful yeah I so imagine. i was i was intending on staying there longer mm. and then i had to obviously come home and then lock down immediately mm-hmm. um but everything back home was unfolding whilst I was away. So yeah. I was oblivious to it yeah. until I got this message saying, oh yeah, the American borders are closing. JFK is closing. Yeah. You need to 
go that yeah. you need to go home right. now and to get a flight was insane yeah. but um i, I bought a whole sketchbook mm-hmm. and i filled it with new york because someone who loves architecture wow new yeah. york um and just you know lots of little doodles and again that was my diary for when i was there yeah and it I was great. Like if I visited New York, I'd take a lot of photographs. But if I, if I lived in New York, I probably wouldn't photograph New it's York. It's a very inspirational city. Like, there's so much going on around you. It's like yeah. almost like an assault on your senses, uh, if, if you enjoy that kind of thing mm-hmm. anyway. Like, around every corner, around every street, there's something to focus on. Or at least there was for me. Yeah. Toronto was a lot like that. I'm not being... I mean, it, to, the way I'd con- compare Toronto, because I had a very... Um, I was going to say, not awful experience? No, that's the wrong word. Different experience. So I went to um, Ottawa, which mm. is the capital, and then I went to Toronto afterwards. And Ottawa was quite nice, quite open, mm. quite refreshing, well laid out. Toronto reminded me of London. It, it was just like you came out and you, it was just stuff everywhere it was like you say like a barrage on the senses and you just like walked in it's like oh good god <laughs> I've come from nice open <laughs> open air Ottawa to what is this dense yeah um, but again you're like yeah I took loads of photos on the trip but if I lived there but when you, so you've come back obviously with all these photographs yeah have you done anything with them I put them on Christmas cards but I only did that this year how long ago did you go? Last year. I wasn't even going to do that. So that's I just seemed... I catalogue things. In I don't know why I'm cataloguing things. Because I got thinking about this... For yourself. Very much the other day. And that's okay. Of, I, you know, I live alone. Mm. So if I plan my life in the sense of I'll always be alone, then someone's just going to clear my house out <laughs> and find cupboards full of photographs. Of a life. And if they're not like me, they're not going to keep them. Mm. Like if I cleared they, a house and found them, I I'd, think I'd that if them. someone went through your house without knowing you, mm. by the end of it, they would. I don't think they would. But from all your photographs, which are essentially your memories. Essentially. From, even from like... It's very stylized though. Yeah, well, even from, from the things you have on your wall to the, the mugs that you choose... It says a lot about person. It you does. can you can read people through their houses. What well, I get so nosy at people's houses. Yeah. I, I love it. Um <laughs> like um the grand designs at George Clark's Amazing Spaces. Right. Love those kinds of programmes yeah. because yeah. obviously like the architectural side is the main focus of um, yeah. the actual house, but different people, different personalities, they like having things just so. Mm. Um when I was at uni, um you don't really do a lot of going around people's houses for dinner and things. It's more yeah. like pre-drinks. And yeah. and I didn't like student accommodation because it was all the same and you couldn't personalise it. Yeah. Um, but the things that I have around my house now, are some of them are the same things I had on my wall back then. Okay. Um, like up there, like my skiing stuff, like that was up there. Because yeah. otherwise it doesn't feel like home to me. And that, for me, the skiing stuff is a memory. Yeah. And... That's on display. But if you go to someone else's house, they'll have something else. And you can be like, oh, that's the thing that you did. Even without necessarily having to learn about it. Mm. You'll be like, oh, that's the thing. That means this. and Or even down to the colour scheme that someone uses. You can, like, for me anyway. Yeah. I'll so, read into that. Again, I feel like I'm the opposite. I'm more interested in what people don't put on display. 
I want people to hide. Ah, don't look in that cupboard then. Just like, full of my rubbish. It's when you go to a house. <laughs> I, lo- I love going to, you know, like a like a middle class beige white sofa. Have a few ornaments, just like perfect silver, you know. Not to reference mm-hmm. my mum, but there'll be a giraffe somewhere because my mum has giraffes. Little little ornamental clock on the on the fireplace, and you walk into that, and there's nothing. And I'm like, this is amazing because you said to yourself, "This is comfort. This is how I want the world to perceive me." And it's this no, it's, it's stuff. Not necessarily how I want the world to perceive me. It's no, how really, I want to perceive yeah, me. I want to perceive myself this yeah. way. Someone comes in, they're going to perceive myself this mm. way as well. And I walk into that and I'm like, oh my God, what are you hiding? <laughs> I want to see every cupboard and I want to see all the stuff where you do Look not want people the to see. <laughs> we, we had a question once at work. <clears throat> Someone was like, oh, if you could spend the, a day in the life of any celebrity, who would you pick? And I picked Barry Scott from the Silly Bang Adverts as my manager. His dirty house. He just could not understand it. I was like, this man sells cute cleaning products. And you only ever see him on, like, fully shouting at you on the TV. His house must be amazing. And if it's spotless, what is this man trying to clean away? (laughs) I was like, that's all I want. I want the green bits. I don't care about what you live in. Just show me the bits you wanted to hide. Like, if you like, I I don't have clothing on around my ceiling, which mm. like I wish I did. But you'll be able to see that. Yeah, yeah. that's why it's so cold in here. Um, but there's paint around, <laughs> yeah. and to me that like because you know because I just didn't do it very well. But for me that's fine. Yeah, because it still looks nice. It's a bit messy, but so am I. Yeah, to me that just shows you decorated the room. Yeah. yeah, but other people look at that and just be like, or someone would get a decorator in. Because they'd want it to be perfect. And I'd be like, no, see, that kind of person. I mean, I had lots of help from, like, family and things like that. And they helped me do things. But for for me, like, the tiny, tiny things like that don't matter. And they'll just stay like that now until it really does bother me one day. But um, I had a point to this. can't remember what it was. Oh, yeah. But what I like, I enjoy decorating. So I wouldn't get a decorator in unless it was something I physically couldn't do. Like the ceiling. Vertically challenged people struggle with ceilings i did i don't know why but my height came into my thought yesterday because i took my fire alarm off the ceiling i without standing on a chair (laughs) my fire alarm is on my table upstairs because i can't i can't get up there i just reached even with a chair i did it and i was like i have done this without thinking most people would (laughs) and i couldn't I don't know if I feel privileged. <laughs> my my dad changes my light bulbs if needed, or puts up lampshades for me because yeah. like he's he's nearly six foot, I think, or just like touching six foot. Yeah. So yeah, a lot taller than me. It's easy to forget that you're tall. Mm. I forget that I'm small all the time, yeah. especially if I'm being like a bit of a loud mouth. I think that's something actually because we've all been at home for so long now. Mm. We're, we're kind of we we know what our spaces are. We know like size and shape of our spaces. So when you go back outside, there's suddenly a reminder that the world is not built like to your well, height. Like why are things at different levels? Why? This is well, this is a very typical um, terraced house. Yes. Um, so the layout will be exactly the same as probably yours at, mm-hmm. in Lincoln. Yeah. But um, even when like when I was giving you directions like how like what house was mine and things like that, I was like, oh, by the way, the hedge outside is really overgrown. Like, I could walk under it, but you might need to duck. Because I, have, I haven't cut it back because it doesn't affect me. Yeah. It, it just is about here on me. Yeah. But it probably was like just, what is, just honey. I think it's honeysuckle yeah. that's out there. 
and yeah, that would probably have been like here. Just for you. It came down to just below my cheek. You could go a little further before it bothers a postman. Or, you know. Don't want post. Unless you've got a short postman. Well, um, I don't know. I've not met them yet. Not <laughs> <laughs> Live life without meeting the postman. I've been getting like really in depth with post recently. Yeah. Yeah, it started to dominate my life. Oh no. Just just curiosity about post. How so? Just so I went through a whole. Well, I was doing products from website, mm. figuring out postage, all those kinds mm. of things, and realizing my different options of postage and what I could get away with, and then figured out that I could post everything in a box which would fit through an envelope slot. Um. And thus reduced my postage costs. But then kind of started delving into what different countries accept and don't accept and different rules and bits and bobs like that. And now I just seem like my postman's like a wizard. <laughs> because they have access to all this information. <laughs> Obsession has become a thing during lockdown. <laughs> Everyone has to have something. Everyone's got that habit which they've started to, to pick up. I just, I just hope people who've taken up creative things during lockdown keep it going. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I hope so too. Like yeah. because people have had more time to do it. Mm-hmm. I think that's well, that's one of the main things. Lots of people have been furloughed, and um, they've not been able to do these things. Or like, I was talking to someone in home base, and they were like, the like their sales have gone all jump mm. because people have time to do those all those little odd jobs, yeah. and you know, getting paint and things for this place. Uh, I've spent a lot of time in there as well. Um, because, you know, I can't go to the pub after work, for example. Well, I mean, currently, yes, I can, technically, but I wouldn't feel comfortable doing so. Yeah. Unless it was, like, outside, but it's cold, and I get cold. Yeah. But, yeah, like, and, what's it, bowling, the the bowling house, which you would have walked past on your way here. They, um, like, they started doing food more so. Okay. Just so that they could uh, like do something, but yeah, you know, like just little activities and things to do. Hmm. You can't, or at least you can't do in the same way as before. So people are doing more at home. Mm. I think this is a thing which I keep trying to remind people is that there, especially with offices going back, or people kind of like going back to their industries. It's like you, whatever made you happy during lockdown, is the thing you should carry on, because a lot of people will just go back to doing. Like, they'll easily slip back into mm. 9 to 5, watch whatever on the TV, go out on the weekend. Mm. Especially when, like, a vaccine gets developed or life returns to somewhat semblance of normal. Mm. Um, and it's, it's trying to remind people, it's like, no, if you, if you took up baking during lockdown and you got really into baking and you could make some really nice things. Stress if you're really good at it. Yeah. Please don't just make rubbish. No, just do loads of it. Keep producing <laughs> terrible things. Subject everybody to it. Throw it at people. Yeah. Um, it's like a whole idea of, okay, do it. Obviously, it's not going to dominate your life now because you're back at work. Mm. But still do it, like, once a week or something. No, you know? a hobby. Yeah. I feel like people have less hobbies. Really? Because, yeah, like, well, nowadays, in the generic nowadays. In a wider perspective. It, yeah, exactly. Because um, I will, you know, work. People work. Mm-hmm. People go home, people watch telly, people go to bed. That's the general consensus of a lot of people that I know. And that's not a bad thing. No. But with more time on their hands to actually like explore other options and things to do, mm. then people have found hobbies. Yeah. Whereas like as creatives, like you would say that maybe your art was a hobby that sometimes makes you money for lots of people anyway, or it's, it's your full-time job. Mm. But lots of people just didn't really have that. 
so they had time to then explore things but then going yeah going back to work and that it's you know you go you work you're tired you come home you do what i would call nothing yeah like i was saying like we we talked about it beforehand i have to be doing something yeah would you say as an artist you have hobbies no because I was just thinking that I I don't I don't really see but, anything I do as having a hobby because everything I do for fun I eventually try to turn into making profit. Yeah, I feel like my output it people other people just happen to enjoy it. It mm. is first and foremost for me. Yeah. But secondarily, for example, the website mm-hmm. um that um like one of my friends built for me um at Taylor Digital uh, uh digital marketing Taylor Digital Marketing. Yes, thanks, Taylor. Pick it up. Um, <laughs> product placement. Um, he has, has you know, built a website for me so yep. that I can sell my art to the master because I don't like Etsy purely mm. because I don't like the way it's laid out. No, that's, it's that's too fine. chaotic yeah. for me. I like things to be just da da da. The structure is also terrible for selling things. It, it works for some people. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. for, well, you and I, it would seem. Yeah. Um, but now I can sell more prints freely because I used to put prints in places, mm-hmm. but now lots of places are closed or, you know, they're struggling. So why, you know, it's it's a lot more difficult to be like, hi, can you sell my things instead of your things or mm-hmm. as well as? Thank you. Yeah. Um, so it's just another platform. But yeah, make, the print side, like printmaking side of things is nice. Yeah. When I get commissioned to do things, I have fun doing them, but it's inherently for someone else. Um, and some things are for me. Yeah. I think that's something I've tried to do more of maybe this year than previously is to find things which I can classify as hobbies mm-hmm. to stop things becoming monetary or advertising or anything like that. Like I started doing little sculptures um, of poly... Well, it's not polyamorous. That's not the word. That I is not I mean, I could do sculptures of polyamorous, but that's... Then you have to give like all of your little sculptures names, backstories, and I mean I do that anyway. That's storytelling. Yeah, um, plastisol, like clay, plastic clay. That's mm. the word I'm thinking. There's a proper plasticine. Could be no. You you like oven bake them, <clears throat> but essentially it's like plastic Fimo. clay. Yeah, femur, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and I started doing that, and in my head when I was doing it, I was very much along the lines of this cannot become something which you try to make art out of. Just do this because you want to. Do this because you find this fun. And then, as I was doing it, it became trying to stop my head going, oh, I could do this. And someone would buy that. And I could, I could make something like this. And then we can turn it into sculpture. I'm like, no, Graham. If you're doing sculpture, this should be for fun. This should be for you. This should be your hobby. It should be an escape. So I just stopped doing it. That's a shame. <laughs> Hold that thought. I need to snip to the loo. Okay. That's how you give me a coffee. Mm. Very graceful little shoving out on the side of the jet. I will continue to interlude. Hi. Post interlude. (laughs) (laughs) Toilet break. Toilet break. Um, But we'll we'll, we'll figure, figure, we'll, we'll round this out in the terms of thinking about kind of bits and bobs for the future and whatnot. Mm. Obviously 2021 is like two months away. No, that's terrifying. Why is that terrifying? Because like... It's going to be the same as 2020. I know, but like this year went so quickly. 
Yeah. yeah. It'll be 2022 by the time we get to... I'll be 32 in 2022. I'll be 26. Yeah, you got ages. <laughs> you only need to worry in, like... Are you going to do this thing that, like, all people who are a few years older than the other person, they did, they'd be like, so, I am so old, and you are so young, and this is your life. I thought, like, because lots of my friends are, like, well, nearly 30 or yeah. just over, and, and then they're just like, oh, you're so young, like, oh, you're only this age, and blah, no, you're I, fine. I, this I is when life gets really bad. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Because, like, I, I always have the thing of, like, you you get moments where you feel like that. Like, I get moments where I like that. Because I work with a lot of 20-year-olds. Right. So there's obviously, there's like a decade between us. I work with someone who recently turned 21. Mm-hmm. And has never lived outside his house. And to me, that's insane. Yeah. Because your brain just kind of goes, well, you don't yeah. know anything. Because you've never lived anywhere. <laughs> My sweet yeah. child, you know nothing. So when you get... When they bring to you, like, they come to you with problems, you very much, your brain just goes, don't instantly tell them they need to experience life for this to be a problem. Um, but that, like, so if someone's lived in a certain bubble, hmm. anything outside of that bubble which is inconvenient is, or, you know, a bad thing, is literally the worst thing that's ever happened yeah. to them. It's, a, it's And that's valid. Yeah, it's a valid concern. But at the same time, your brain just goes, oh... But then I get the same thing for me because I only turned 30 last year. Why did I have to think about that? <laughs> um, your mind's already starting to go. <laughs> uh, it's, it's terrible. But yeah, I, I, so I turned 30 last year. But I know enough people who are 35, 40 and have had enough conversations with people, especially through the podcast, who are in their 40s or 50s, who still have the same trivial problems as like a 20-year-old. So I, I kind of look at it and go, well, no, because your age doesn't actually mean anything. <laughs> it's just whatever you experienced in the time frame of your age yeah. so far. So lots of people will say that I, well, because I look quite young for my age, but as soon as I start talking, like, or if someone's known me for a period of time without actually knowing my age, I get a lot of people assuming that I'm older than I am. Mm-hmm. But that's because I've experienced a lot whilst ne- not yeah. necessarily having, you know, been on the earth as long. Yeah. So I quite often get people asking me if I'm late 20s when I'm not. Yeah, you're like mid-20s. Yes, yeah. almost. But then with that, I think that is one thing which I've never really had anxiety about years disappearing. Like with the whole idea of this year just flying by. Mm. Because I, I kind of look at it and say, yeah, it doesn't really matter because this year's just been a year of experience. I feel like the reason it's... No, it's not terrifying. That's you know, but the reason it seems just like oh my goodness is because there are so many things and opportunities that were missed, or some like because you know not being able to do things that yeah. I wanted to do this year. I mean, the main one was getting my own place, and I've done that, um, and you know, getting it sorted. Yeah. Because for me, that's always been a milestone I wanted to achieve. But outside of that, yeah. it's what you do. Yeah. yeah it's whatever you do i think i was thinking of this on the drive over that a lot of people are seeing 2021 as a blank slate of like yes it'll be everything will be better 
January 1st, everything Everyone's will be better. said that since 2016 yeah. when the whole world when started we, to go to shit. <laughs> and we were like, oh no. Can't be, can't be worse than this. It's and, be, yeah. and, and, then, and then the world just went, ah, you wait. I think this is, this is the only year I've kind of looked at it and gone, right. So yeah, I'm not a believer in any way that the arbitrary time periods we applied to the, the months resets anything. But at the same time, I'm like looking at 2021 going, right, there's an American election in November. That changes a lot of things. We are in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> there is no way in hell 2021 January gets worse globally. Like, it'll get worse for pockets. It always does. But globally, I'm like, Just trying to think something of amazing would have to happen. And in the same sense, I'm like, that can't be terrifying. Because literally... Don't forget global warming still happening. Global warming is happening. It's like literally, Can't the polar ice caps would have to explode <laughs> in January for me to go, you know what, no, this is going to be a bad year too. This is, um, <laughs> this is not okay. You have to be sat and aliens would have to descend in February and we're like, yeah, no, actually no, 2021. It's, oh, I, was, I was reading something or watching something and it's just it's like 20, 2021 can literally do anything or, or yeah. sorry, no, 2020 can now do literally anything and just I like, will not be phased by it. Yeah. And you'll just go, of course. Yeah. There's so no um, like when the locust plague hit, yeah. like um, over and I think it was somewhere in Africa. Yeah, um, somewhere down there, that just, way. Yeah. Away from here, Continent. bless them, not because, UK. oh God, <laughs> that's not okay. No. And it's just like, well, of course, yeah. there's a plague, naturally. This is just how we go. This that's, is fine. I think, uh, but then at the not. same time, I feel like I've taken that attitude a lot of my life. So when things... But just, this is fine. When bad, thing, well, when bad things happen, it's like, I have no control over this. You know, there's no control over this. Yes, I want to do everything I can to help that's my main like start point of like what can I do to help if I can't help it I can't feel bad about it anyway because there's nothing I can do to help it whereas I'm just (laughs) well I again mental health comes into this I'll fixate on that thing that I can't change and I will blame myself for that yeah and it's like oh gosh environmental things it's like I didn't recycle that one tin I couldn't be bothered to wash it up and I put it in the bin I am the reason that like the whole earth is just burning yeah and it's obviously not true. Yeah. Whereas I look at a wildfire and I'm like, interesting. Oh yeah, wildfire. wildfires happened. If that I was, was fire, really bad. I could really help out, but I'm not a fireman. <laughs> Whereas I'd be like, I should become a fireman. <laughs> yeah, I should. Well, that's I take need you a couple to. Of years anyway. Oh, oh. So Just run around with a hose. Unless that wants to be the rest of your life. <laughs> There's some real decision making needs to be made at certain points where you're like, this is happening. I do to help this situation do I want to dedicate two years of my life to becoming a firefighter to watch this one fire which will have finished by then and growth will have restarted by that point but I'll be a firefighter for the next time this happens I mean there's a level of that there's a level of planning like I recently signed up to learn sign language because British Sign Language are doing a thing where it's pay as you feel so you can get introduction to sign language on their online course that's good and I was like everyone's wearing masks no one can lip read Therefore, ah. I'd like to be able to know sign language. So if I do end up in that situation, I've at least got something other than just being able to spell my name, mm. which would be an awkward situation when someone asks for help and you're just like, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> help. Yeah. Yes, my name is Graham. But yeah. No help. <laughs> it just becomes a question of, I feel like that's something now where, and it's a bad habit to have, I just throw money at it. Because Jesus. I can't. 
and I feel like that's you're in a, priv- you're in a privileged position a privileged to position. do so. So it's like I can't help in any way, shape, or form physically. So therefore, I'm just going to throw money at it. It won't go away, but I can keep throwing money at it. Mm. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's something. That's more than lots of people can say. That's the, you know, hold it down in 2021. Nailed it. You'll be fine. This will be going up in November, I think. Yeah. This will, go, this will go away. live in November. That's a month. In November, Literally a month. I will be extremely busy and probably yeah. non-contactable. Cause, um, so this will I, be your I, only contact with the outside world. I'm still alive, probably. Yeah. Um, so I work for a wine company. So yeah. um, actually, we are one of the one of the very few people that have oh, really hate saying this, but like benefited from the pandemic. Yeah. Because yeah. pubs and that are closing. Lots of people are drinking more. Yeah. Unfortunately, lots of people are turning to alcohol. Don't worry, there's provisions for us to stop that from happening. But um, business is booming, and I yeah. I am picking like doing more work at the moment now. Our whole team is. We're growing in size which no one can really say right now so it's weird mm-hmm. um but you know and in general christmas time is very busy for alcohol yeah. you know because people get together and have a drink with their families on christmas day and things like that so normally it would be really busy yeah. and we're finding that the busyness is starting already now in october yes. so the six to eight weeks will start happening the overtime will and you won't see me you won't hear from me unless it's oh today was busy and i'm really tired but then as long as you come out of the other side because i think a few people have felt that that their jobs have maintained or grown or i know a few people who've had that benefit during lockdown and pandemic and everything like that and it's like there's no reason to kind of feel weird about about saying it providing when you come out of the other side you pay it forward mm. it's like if you're going to profit from the situation then cool mm. make more artwork which then people can have makes them feel better go out donate to people spend some time outside of that blah, like blah, blah, we've blah. um i keep saying we like i like i'm one of the top you bosses the um there's but... nothing to say you don't at this point so we could just make that claim <laughs> can you imagine hi yes it's me um no, uh, like the we're, we've got the ability to donate to more charities, and yeah. um, my CEO is donating more towards mental health charities because not only my colleagues and and myself, um, mental health has been an awful thing during the pandemic. So it's just like, ah, let's donate towards that thing. Because not only is the person that's actually doing a, like a lot of help, mm. which is really nice to be able to say. Yeah, it's good to work for a company which mm. has they, those things. They, yeah, I mean they they give a shit, especially for, and that's nice like an alcohol company that's quite i won't say rare but you don't see it visibly from a lot of alcohol companies i suppose like i know a lot of companies do like it's kind of like gambling you never see the stuff they're doing to help gambling addiction Mm. because it is their business so obviously they just keep advertising their business but you do know it happens Mm. because they all have gamble aware and they all like Mm. fund and support all these different programs just so you don't go straight to hell i suppose yeah you have to have some sort of guilt leveler aren't you yeah yeah <laughs> it's like i sell guns but if i support the hospitals okay as long as we can patch up those gun wounds it's all right we will be fine no harm done no problems i think 2021 is gonna be good so the moral of the story is you can sell guns if you also own a hospital Title of the that's podcast. what i that's what i've got from this whole conversation <laughs> I feel like there's worse points to end on. Yeah.
Because we can explore Norwich. Why not? Thank All you for right. coming on the podcast. Also, thanks for bringing the podcast to my house. That's fine. That's what I do. Well, not what I do. I don't you just bring stop. the podcast to your house. Oh. <laughs> and what? I just run out of battery. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll call it there. Yay. Thank you. That means Talk to these guys later. All right. Okay.